Welcome to... Uh, it's been a while. We take a break. Dude, you know what sucks? I got to talk about this real quick. Freaking taking a break destroyed us. Destroyed us. And I was like, holy crap. I did not think it was going to go that bad. We, we have we took a, progressively increased every week until you take one week off and we're like... We took a tense. big like, freaking hit. We were we were doing well, week one again. We were doing between eighty and ninety listens every single week across all of our episodes. We miss one week, forty. We miss another week. Crazy. This week we have had seven listens. Oh my god, they were roommates. Welcome back to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Kelton the submarine expedition <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about that yeah no i've been all freaking over that ever since like the minute they disappeared i celebration i'm all for the death of billionaires so oh my gosh dude that's so crazy because i i i've been following it and then it wasn't until like more recently that i realized like there's a huge movement of like eat the rich death the billionaires that type of thing and i was like wow what a weird direction that's gone <laughs> so give me your perspective on that because i was like oh i thought we were like collectively like oh no like we got to save these people like it was no, like a chilean minor, minor situation kill them all <laughs> oh my gosh dude. If, you're, if your net worth has a b in it i hate you and i've i've done a lot of research on it and it's not because i'm like oh the haves versus the have-nots and like all this stuff and whatever it is purely so there's a psychological reason that humans feel empathy towards other humans and it is based on a relationship of individual to community. And so, for example, when your grandpa dies, you feel significantly more impact from that than like the fact that you know someone in China died. Like you feel almost nothing for that because they're not a member of your community. And a big part of the billionaire lifestyle is once you achieve that level of wealth, you purposely remove yourself from society so that it makes it easier for you to control the in and out flow of your asset creation, right? And so you'll get into certain neighborhoods and you'll get into certain fields and you'll do all this stuff. And then you no longer interact with society. You have assistants that interact with society for, with society for you. So psychologically speaking, most people have a very hard time empathizing with billionaires because their problems are not your problems and they're not in your community. And so you're just like, Oh, whatever. And then there's a whole other group of people that not only don't feel empathy for them, but feel disdain for the fact that they are hoarding assets that they could never use. And that's my thing is like, I'm all for becoming rich. I would love to be rich. I think there's a certain level of rich that's acceptable where it's like you live your lifestyle and you don't really want for anything. And like, I think the cutoff for me is somewhere in like the 30, 40 million mark, like somewhere in there. It's like, as long as you're not an idiot, you're never going to run out of money. Anything more than that, when you start getting into the hundreds of millions of dollars, it's like, okay, you're hoarding, like you are a bad guy now. <laughs> like mm -hmm. there, there's so much that could be done with that that isn't being done with it because you want the satisfaction of seeing a bigger number. And like, it's not because you're ever going to spend it and it's not because you're ever going to do anything with it. And you can say, oh, it's for my family and for the future and whatever. Your great, 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 great grandkids will have never spent this money. But you keep it anyway, mm -hmm. simply because you want the satisfaction of being number one. And like, I don't, I don't dig that. You know, there's, there you probably didn't hear about it as much, but there was a submarine with five billionaires that exploded and we all cheered while at the same time there was a refugee boat that crashed over in Europe and 105 people of the 700 people on board were rescued. So there's like 600 refugees that just like 
died. And no world governments were like, oh, let's go and rescue these people. It was, hey, let's rescue these four people because they have media attention because they're famous. So, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can get behind a lot of what you said there. And it's good to see that perspective. I, I differ a little bit in of like, if someone can create, then I say power to them, you know, and it's like billionaires, like they are, a, there's not a lot of them <laughs> there, you know, there's very few and it's, there's special individuals often. And, and I know that there's advantage that they have over others to be able to get there. But even people who come from privilege don't just instantly become billionaires. Like right. there, there's, there's definitely something different about their, their business acumen and their ability to create that wealth. Um, and I'm not the one to say like, if you need to give that all away in order to, you know, fulfill your purposes. Cause like Elon Musk is like a, just like a benchmark person that I use is like, he fluctuates in and out of that top spot mm-hmm. because like he, his billions of net worth will fluctuate like 10, 20, $30 billion in like a month span. And it's like, I don't know how you decrease that much that quickly. And a lot of it's like his stocks and how that all, how that actual actually pans out. But I just look at it and like, I don't know behind the scenes. Maybe you do need that much money for your future plans. You know, maybe there's there's more that you got to do for that. Um, so I, I I'm okay with billionaires. I'm I I just I think everyone has an opportunity to create their own. I'm, I'm a big capitalist. That's 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 kind of my my, my thing is like <laughs> I just feel like by the the sweat of your brow that you can reap your own resort your own reward. But yeah. I know that it's not equal opportunity for everybody to get there. Right. Yeah. And I I fully agree that like there is something different about those individuals and I wish that I didn't have just absolute hatred for them because like they don't know me and I I know that they don't care about me so why should I spend any of my time caring about them but oh (laughs) they can do a lot you know (laughs) yeah I I saw I read a statistic that um one seat on the Titan submersible is the equivalent of it was like 58,000 school lunches one seat. There were four people that paid for tickets on on a submersible that died. So you're essentially 200,000 kids could have eaten with that money and they wouldn't even notice that 250,000. And like adversely, you have states, which I think Montana maybe, that is essentially trying to make it illegal for the state to provide school lunch to kids for free. And it's like, what? We're like idolizing the the extreme... I don't even know the word for it, but like the, the 500 top individuals in the world, but it's like these 20,000 people could be helped with almost no effort from these people and they don't. And so that's where I kind of get my, my little hangups. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, you saw that a while ago where like, um, gosh, what was it? It's, I, was it, my gosh, was it the Peace Corps? It was some organization that does great humanitarian work. And they they called out Elon Musk and said, for $11 billion, we could solve world hunger. (laughs) Yeah. And then he he just countered and said, show me the plan and I'll give it to you. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing that's so hard about like, when when you pull up stuff like that, like, you know, that's true. Like you could buy that many school lunches, the dollars make sense. But like, is there an organization that gets those lunches to those kids for that money? You know, like you'd have to create a separate business entity to accomplish that task, which is going to cost far more than... You know, it's is the juice worth the squeeze at at some point. But I, I I get what you're saying. When you have those resources, you can do so much good. I, and I like that juice worth the squeeze. I dig that. Yeah, because 
that's the that's the i guess the double-edged sword like it would suck to be a rich person for this one one thing is no matter what you do there's going to be a critic to it let's so like when mr beast did the he gave a thousand people eyesight like paid for a thousand surgeries that got him in a ton of hot water people yeah. were really pissed off about it because they were like oh you're yeah you're and i'm just like what do you want from him you know, a thousand like, people that couldn't see yesterday people. can see now like he's a good dude yeah. Yeah, but no matter if you do good, there's always going to be people that that you could have done more or you could yeah. have done different good. Like, you know, it's it's a hard place to to be, but Yeah. I think um I I'm less harsh on Bill and Melinda Gates cuz like they have mm. their foundation that is like set up to assist things and whatever and like they are extraordinarily wealthy people, but I feel like they at least have the intention of trying to help the world and I I obviously can't say that this is true because I'm not a billionaire, but I want to say that if I was a billionaire, I would try to use my money for good. I think a lot of the desire to be the wealthiest person, it doesn't come from like a necessity of actually being the wealthiest person. It's like, I want to be remembered as the wealthiest person. And I feel like there's a lot more notoriety that can be gained from I'm the guy that fed all the school children in Arizona for 70 years rather than I'm the guy that built a submarine and killed a bunch of people. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's weird. Dude, the, this is the most wild part about that whole story. Is it $250,000 per seat? And then all the like schematics and everything that I've seen, it's an eight-day long trip, and you are in a porta potty like, with five other people. I that, that part blows my mind. Like I can't believe like they did that in such a sketchy like deal like that as a billionaire i would have taken one look at that and be like nah i'm good yeah you're literally sitting crisscross on the floor he's steering it with a logitech controller like no actual controls or anything uh, yeah uh, they were cutting a lot of corners for sure yeah yeah that's a uh, <laughs> osha like that i worked in the mine for a while and osha always like comes in and inspects everything and it, they're just like notorious like Oh no, when they're there, you got to button everything up and, and do a lot better than you have been basically. Right. And it's like those, I love those memes where it's like, come with me and you'll see the uh, world of Ocean Automations. Yeah. Cause it's like, I've been on so many job sites where that's the case. Like you're just doing the sketchiest cutting the corner crap. Yeah. You know, what's even more insane and insane by comparison is, you know who James Cameron is, right? He's the, yeah. the guy that directed the Titanic. So he's a big submarine guy. Like he's in the culture of, of submarines and, is like a member of a club and has been to the bottom of the Mariana trench, which I didn't even know was a possibility. Um, and the sub that he uses is he doesn't own it. It's owned by several people and they all kind of take turns or whatever. Um, but he touched the deepest part of the ocean, which is 20,000 feet further down than the Titanic. And his, that submarine only cost $10 million. So it's like <laughs> ocean gate really was cut in corners. Cause it's like $10 million in the grand scheme of things. If you're charging a million dollars per trip is nothing. So why yeah. why can they not just invest $10 million, build a replica of James Cameron's sub, which we know can get significantly deeper, and do that rather than like, yeah, we're going to weld ourselves into a soda can and then turn into vapor when the water gets too heavy. Yeah. I, I heard that where it was like the breach at the depth that they were at, it would have been instantaneous death. Like it just like the pressure was so crazy that it just instantly was like, a, a soda can like yeah. so crazy uh, they didn't even realize it happened they were they probably knew something was wrong because i saw a thing that said like the ballasts were found 
further away and like they would have been dropped and then drifted a little bit before the actual collapse. So they probably got some warning that something was going on. And then like three seconds later, the controller was vibrating. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you die in Call of Duty, it like vibrates your controller. (laughs) It's so terrible because like I I understand what you're saying with like the disassociation because of the community, but it is like five people that pass. But man, just like the memes that have come out of this are like next level. (laughs) Just so weird. Yeah. There, there was a girl that um, I was watching a TikTok and she was talking about um, what she thinks that this, this event is going to be like something that's remembered in history books, not for the, the failure of a submarine and the hubris of man trying to get down to the Titanic, but because of meme culture and like the way that a lot of the citizenship has reacted to the fact that these four people, five people were gone, that it's really indicative of previous times where wealth is being hoarded by a ruling class and the poor rise up and kill them off. And she's saying it's really telling in a, in a society when people are kind of celebrating the death of, of individuals and they think it's funny because of something that they have. And it draws a huge parallel to like, um, like the, the French revolution. There was like a ruling class that had like all the money and everybody was poor and starving and the poor people had enough and they killed all the rich people and they dispersed their money. And then France is now a functioning country. And she was like, yeah, so I think this is going to be a a thing for the history books where like, if this tension keeps building, then, you know, we may come to a point where poor people just like ostracize the rich in society and no longer, you know, I'm not saying they kill them all, but like something happens that that's going to end up being recorded in history. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy to think that our kids pull up a, it's not gonna be a textbook, a hologram of <laughs> this time. And they're like, in 2023, this event happened because you see that propaganda stuff that like we learned about for world war two civil war, all that type of stuff that there's a lot of history where, you know, we're a okay. If history writes that they're a bad guy, like that, that's a, been an interesting thing with the Russian Ukraine war is Russia is, is the bad guy. Like right, Russia straight up the bad guy, but like their people <laughs> and, and being able to see like their humanity, from like their perspective on things, it, it's really quite an interesting thing. There, there was a, a propaganda piece that was just released by a, a marketing company out of Russia, and they used deep fake technology to show the world leaders. So they have Biden and the the ad and um, the prime minister and all this type of stuff and of each nation, and it's them sitting in their offices trying to think of sanctions to put it against Russia. And but it's it's from Russia's perspective, so it, yeah. it just makes all these world leaders to look out like they're dumb, like. Biden's throwing darts on a board that like point to the sanction that they're going to do next and stuff. And it's like, man, like the, the phrase of history is written by the victors. You know, it's if, if you win, you get to say you were the good guy in the situation, but it's just interesting seeing that it play out today where you have access to both sides of the story yeah. a little bit clearer. And I'm, I'm not saying they're the good guy, but I'm just saying like there are people that believe that, that it's a righteous cause and what they're doing is correct. And that's hard. Yeah. Speaking of Russia, they are, as of our time today, which would have been this morning, but for them it was yesterday because they're on the opposite end of the world, um, they are on the verge of civil war. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the Wagner group, which is like the, the the Russian government has like their military, and then they also have the Wagner group, which is like their mercenary group that they send out to do other things. And the Wagner group is privately owned by someone who is close to Putin, and so like it is effectively one military, but they're they're not. They're private mercenaries so they can be hired from anywhere um they i i haven't gotten like a clear handle on exactly what started it 
Um, but Russian troop, Russian troops were commanded to um, essentially fire on Wagner soldiers, which is like, again, they're Russian soldiers. A lot of them are Russians. So they were commanded to fire on them for something. And the the Kremlin, which is Russia's government, basically released a statement. And they're like, all Wagner soldiers, like, disband. Like, we're, we're not paying for you anymore. You're stuck in Ukraine. Like, wherever you are, that, that sucks. Get home. We don't care. So the Wagner guys have basically turned around and said, hey, the defense, defense ministry of Russia has, like, abandoned us. And they aren't going to care for us. So we're just going to go destroy the defense ministry of russia and they're all marching towards moscow right now and like the ukrainians are like just walking behind them taking a bunch of land oh. because they're doing all the work for them and they're they're gouging deep into uh into russia and so right now moscow's on like a level three alert and like all their military has been called to moscow to try and protect the the defense ministry and so i think here Within the week, probably by the time we record the next podcast, there's going to be some pretty significant changes in Russian government. Dang. It's crazy. I hadn't heard any of that no. when you're not focused on the world. Yeah. That's that's wild. It's all new. It's <laughs> 13 hours ago it started. So, <laughs> Jeez. Well, you heard it here first. That's crazy. No. Oh, this man. I, I wonder what you... 5.50 p.m. on June 23rd in Arizona time. For everyone Arizona that's saying, time. like, oh, that's old news. Yeah, it's because you're five days in the future when this releases on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see that update. We might have to put like a disclaimer in the, the description. I've used the, the roommates podcast in, in multiple interviews so far. Really? It's, it's a good, good passion project to, yeah. to bring up. It's been good, dude. Um, that's crazy. So I, I feel like I've, I've been feeling like there's going to be a desperation move done by Russia at some point. Mm-hmm. And Nuke is always the, you know, the the trigger word of that's what how it's going to go down but you penetrate deep enough who do you nuke (laughs) what do you nuke you know like so that'll be interesting make your prediction now what do you think is going to happen by next week um i think the defense ministry the the guy in charge will be dead by next week and i think there is going to be kind of a seamless military coup where putin is allowed to be in charge but he loses a lot of his actual power and is more of just a figurehead like the queen in england or i guess the king in england um, and I'm not saying that they're going to become a democracy because that's very anti-Russian, but they, I think are going to have a new de facto leader that is going to call the actual shots and the war will probably be over in the next two months. Okay. Here to here. I, I know that, uh, re- like in the last week we did something to repair relations with China that's getting in a better state. Mm. And so I, I definitely thought that this was going to be start of world war three with the Ukraine Russian war. But I have been feeling that sense of vibe that it's like things just didn't go to plan. <laughs> this just wasn't the way that it was. They thought it was going to go. Yeah. So I I could agree with that timeline. I'd say in the next six months or so. It, it's just so hard because it's like when it first started, I conceptually I I couldn't picture war in modern times because I just thought like our technology is so advanced and what militaries have access to like you would just wipe out cities right. at a time. But it's not like that, you know, even with the advanced technology, like it takes tons and tons of artillery and man hours and power to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. And so when it first started, I was like, oh, this will be over in a couple of months. And gosh, we're going on close to a year, well, over a year now. I don't over, Yeah, I think we're a year and two months. Yeah. Crazy. And that's, and then you think of like the American Iraq war and stuff like that was like eight years. years or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 
and you just it's just not as quick as i imagined modern war to be and so yeah i think that uh this will either i'm gonna make a non-prediction prediction prediction. it's either gonna be done in six months or it's gonna go on for four more years (laughs) dude just covering all my bases i'm a a good gambler speaking of billionaires and war have you been seeing the the kind of discussions between mark zuckerberg and elon musk they're gonna fight yes and mark dude okay i want to i want to hear before i give my opinion who do you think is gonna dominate Oh my gosh. So I think that Elon is like a brown belt in jiu-jitsu or something. And then Mark Zuckerberg has been like mo- more recent. I-, I didn't know that he was like, I like I'd seen stuff like a couple years back of him hitting pads and stuff, but he's like entered in some tournaments and he's done all right and stuff. Um, I would put my money on Elon just because he's got the bigger build. And when it comes to like, if they do a striking, if it's just grappling, Maybe Mark's got him, but like if it's a full UFC fight, because that's what I've been reading is that it would be under the UFC contract. It's like striking would be involved, and I could see Elon just like lightening him up before he even gets to it. But Dude, <laughs> what do you think? I don't do pay per view. I will absolutely be paying to watch these men beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yes, but what if it's like the most awkward, worst thing in the world? This like is weird <laughs> and terrible. I I think Mark Zuckerberg's gonna win. I know I yeah. I've heard that that Elon might be a brown belt or whatever. But Mark has been training in jujitsu for like 17 years. And he's like apparently very, very good and weekly trains with one of the best ground workers, the grapplers in the world as far as jujitsu goes. So I think think you're right as far as like if there's a whole lot of punching going on, Mark's going to be in trouble because Elon's got a lot more weight behind him than Mark does. But if Mark can get him to stumble, if he can get him on the ground... If because Elon is a little bit fat, he starts to lose his breath, it is game over. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what is life? That is like the weirdest thing. Like a couple years ago when they were like doing the space race, I was like, this is just so weird. Like why are billionaires like so invested in it? And I was like, this can't get weirder than that. This is the weirdest thing. (laughs) It it takes all the money out of the equation and just goes brawn versus brawn. And it is wild. Yeah. I, I saw a projection that said like they it would probably do a hundred dollar pay per view, which is like very expensive. Like do it. typical Done. major pay per views are like ninety dollars. Like if it like I think McGregor versus Mayweather was a ninety dollar pay per view. So a hundred dollar pay per views not super common unless it's really big fight. Two unnamed <laughs> or like non professional no fighters fighter. going at it. <laughs> yeah, for a hundred dollars, and they they projected like it would do a billion dollars in oh, pay per view spend. It. Yeah, easily. That's Dana so White crazy. was a genius for jumping on this as fast as he did. Like Elon threw it out in a tweet and Mark was like, tell me when. And within an hour, Dana had a contract written up. <laughs> like, that guy was oh, seeing dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Dana White, he's an interesting businessman. I've been like following more of his story mm-hmm. and it's like, just saw an opportunity and he jumped on it. And it's like to go from where it was to where it is now crazy like mm-hmm. in the early days of it his organization it was like they were like throwing in a sumo wrestler with a mark zuckerberg type of guy and then just like let's see who survives Beat each other <laughs> up <laughs> and i i remember growing up and they were like there was like a lot of stuff on the news and they're like this is human cockfighting like we should not allow this and there was like protests against what it is and now it's like a reputable it's respected like a sport. sport yeah yeah crazy yeah. would you ever fight I think we, we've talked about this. You've been in fights, right? You I've been in one. Been in that. Yeah. And the, if you started, like, would you ever train and fight? Is that? I think 
that would be fun. Um, I don't know. I've, I've considered like trying to find like a boxing gym or whatever as like a way to, to work out a little bit and kind of have some fun. Um, but I, I don't know that I'd ever do it seriously. Like it would, it would literally just be like a, Oh, I go to a boxing gym once or twice a week kind of deal. Yeah. But I have a thing where it's never going to happen. Like people don't just like randomly come and pick fights with you. Like I know it can happen. Like I, certain areas of the world or whatever, but it's like where I live, it is very uncommon that I'm going to get in a fist fight with somebody, you know, <laughs> but there's a part of me that just thinks that someday I'm going to have to like defend my kids. And that's, that's why I'd love to train. Like I want to train and like know what to do that. Like if I was ever in that cir- circumstance, I'm like, Oh buddy, yeah. you got yourself in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize that I've been training jujitsu for 17 years, Elon Musk. <laughs> this moment. <laughs> Are you an influencer or small business that wants to increase your reach? Do you want to see your profits increase by dozens of dollars? Advertise with us. Contact us at roommatescouch at gmail.com to be featured in an upcoming episode. I uh, had Brewer and Justice over last night, dude. Oh, yeah. How was that? Was it? It was good. It was, justices drove up. Um, just They've been doing like a road trip tour. And it's always good to get together with old friends and stuff. It's like... It sucks. Like I, I hope if any invention that they come out with in the next twenty years is some way to decrease travel time and mm. decrease the cost of it. You know, if I could zip down to Phoenix and be there in the next thirty minutes, like I'd come hang out with you every day. Like yeah. we would record the podcast in person. You know, like <laughs> that. That changes a lot. You know, but distance sucks. What would be like the number one sci-fi invention that you you want to see happen in the next ten years? Um, I would love to see more cybernetic implants, like Mm. parts of your body that don't function the way that they should. They just replace it with a machine that does. And I think we see a little bit of that with like insulin pumps and stuff that you attach and it like essentially functions as a pancreas, but I would love to get eyeballs that function without having to like get LASIK or whatever. Like I please put robot eyes in me. I'd love to be able to zoom. I'd love to be able to put like a Google translate in there and like I can look at stuff and it like translates over to English like I think that invention would change communication culture everything across the whole world you want an Apple Vision Pro in your eyeball in my eyeball I don't want to wear a ski mask everywhere that I go (laughs) (laughs) that's that's exactly what it is well the first time I saw I was like so Google came out with a ski mask that that does that and it's like you it's really I don't know if it's Google but it's some company where you take your ski mask and you sync them up to each other and then as you're going down the mountain and stuff, it like tells you your speed. And then you're, since you're connected to the other people in your party, it tells you where they're at on the mountain and it has radio communication. Oh, and so I've cool. seen those before at resorts and they're really cool. But when I saw the Apple Pro, I was like, this is invent. Like I've seen these before, but <laughs> it, obviously there are a lot more, have a lot more to it. But yeah, sure. it's just crazy. Yeah. Google had like their Google glasses idea back in like 2010 that never panned out, but if they had figured it out, I absolutely would have jumped on that. But yeah, I would mm-hmm. love permanent eye implants. Yeah. I, I, this question, as soon as I asked it, I thought of something that uh, one of my teachers told me is I, we're in a conversation one time and I was just like, are you just amazed? Like, cause you grew up in a time when I was like, you, you didn't have color TV and stuff. So like you amazed like how far we've come. And his answer like really surprised me. Cause he was like, actually I'm like super disappointed. Is he? He's like, I grew up 
during uh, a time when like Flash Gordon was like the popular TV show mm. and Flash Gordon was about the future and like it would show all the things of the future and in the title sequence it said something to the extent of and I'm going to butcher the year but it'd be like in the year 2020 and then it would show like flying cars and like t- you'd stick your meal in the microwave press a button and it would come out and it'd be like a Thanksgiving dinner like it, all these things that like they thought would happen in 2020 that like, we're just like not even close to. And, and so as I I asked, I was like, gosh, you know, 10 years from now, like 10 years ago, we say, Oh wow. What advancements. But at the same time, it's like screens have just gotten crisper and different sizes, but really what else? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I think we struggle sometimes. I see this a lot in business where it's like to think beyond what's already been thought. Like to think of something completely new is it's really hard. You we have to build from pre existing material essentially. Mm-hmm. But like I think that that's where technology kind of struggles sometimes is like we can't get beyond screens, you know? But what was this? This is I usually like your mind a, blown. I remembered something that I have been wanting then this plays in perfectly, but I wanted to talk about this like five weeks ago and I forgot. Um I oh it's been so long since I read it. Some research hospital and i don't remember where successfully simulated a spinal cord using bluetooth and essentially <laughs> what they did they took someone who was um quadriplegic or paraplegic one of them couldn't walk maybe could use arms i can't remember um and they implanted a chip in in the base of his skull that received these electronic impulses and then they had a bluetooth piece that connected to his spine below the damage where it was still functional and essentially it just transmitted those electrical impulses over and he was able to stand up and walk via Bluetooth spine implant. And that is like, that's unheard of. It's imaginary. Like we, when I grew up, the thought of a back injury, it's like, that's game over. You're done. I was afraid to jump on trampolines for a while. Cause I was like, if I break my neck, it's over. There's no fixing a spine. And now they're just like, yeah, dude, Bluetooth crazy. Wow. And it wow. happened. It wasn't like a, this is an idea. They did it in real life. Crazy. Dude, that is crazy. It's crazy. The, the part that's throwing me off the most is that it's Bluetooth technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured like, oh, like accidentally one Sunday it connects to his Spotify and then his legs yeah. can't stop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like those really, really cheap speakers that you buy from China. And they're always like, the Bluetooth device has been ready for pairs. <laughs> my, you my wake parents. up and your spine is like, the Bluetooth device. <laughs> My that might that gives me a vivid memory of being in my living room because my parents are like so technology inept. They cannot can't wrap their head around anything technology. And someone did the cardinal sin of buying them technology <laughs> and bought them a Bluetooth speaker light. And oh. my dad was like so pumped about it. And so he like goes over to the kitchen, screws it in, and all the flipping time their devices connect to it and so my dad will be like let me show you this video and he like pulls it up on his phone and then like in the kitchen <laughs> it's playing out of the light <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the time though so funny. so funny i hope that i never become technologically inept and i think i'm on the yeah. right path to make sure that i don't like i'm in it and i'm studying coding and i'm interested in technology and stuff but like i hope that i never become what is the future equivalent of a boomer and like, oh, how do you do a PDF? And like, I'm asking my kids, like, how do I get the hollow chip to send money to somebody? And they're like, Grandpa, you idiot! It's easy. Like, I don't want to be I, that guy. I think it's gonna happen, dude. I think we're gonna be we're gonna be subject to it just because um, 
because of the AI movement right now. Mm. I, the, what happened with our parents is the technology jump was so dramatic so fast. And they were just like, all right, can't do this, you know, because the, the jump was just too quick because they went 30, 40 years of it just moving at snail pace. Right. And then there's like a five-year span where it just explodes and then on, right? I think the AI jump will be hard for a lot of people in our generation to evolve to because like, yes, we're interested. Yes, we know how to write prompts and do all that type of stuff. But that that's where I've noticed my my gap and where I, I'm starting to feel like a boomer is I don't know how to tap into AI to connect the APIs to make my my software, my products and all that type of stuff utilize the, the AI. You know, yeah. it, I, I know how to use the system that someone's created using the AI. I don't know how to create my own systems using the AI. AI and I think that our it. kids are going to grow up and that's going to be a required part of any of their jobs is you will build the integrations, you will, you know, and I, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to catch up on that part. Yeah, I can see that. That especially because it's almost a language that you have to learn in order to like correctly utilize an AI. And if they grow up just learning that language from day one, like then it's not something that's difficult for them. It's like kids that, that speak three or four languages because, you know, their parents introduced them young and, and stuff like that. Like your brain just absorbs more. So yeah, I could see that. Maybe no. grandkids, when you listen to this in 2075, I'm sorry that you have to re-explain how to use the hollow chip. I was born in the 1900s. Leave me alone. <laughs> that that will forever be like something I know is going to blow kids' minds. Like when I hear someone's born in the 2000s, I'm like, oh, you're just a baby, and they're not now. Like they're 20 some odd year old kids, you know, that are like getting married, having kids. It's just wild to me. But I remember my grandma; she was born in like. 1910 and i was like oh that's crazy because she she lived to be a hundred and uh some odd years old and so uh yeah when we say we're born in the 1900s they're just gonna be like this guy's ancient like are we already sound ancient yeah, like, that's a fake time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i saw a tiktok today that was a cell phone commercial from 2003 and it was like some actor i don't remember his name who's fallen into obscurity in the last 20 years but he was like some like I always have the 300 minute plan on my phone. And like, sometimes I use a hundred minutes less than that. And it's like, I forgot that we had to like count minutes on a phone plan. Like yeah, I remember dude. actively I... thinking like, Oh, I don't have enough data for this to do something on my, mm -hmm. Oh, I have to wait for my data plan to reset. But it slipped my mind that text messages <laughs> were 10 cents each. And you had 300 minutes in a month to talk on your phone. Yeah. I, I remember distinctly, like when I first like started, like, and really into talking to girls and stuff and like i'd like do all the texting i possibly could in the first week and stuff and my dad would just come in and be like we have no minutes and we got three more weeks in the month what are we gonna do and it's just like you were barred like i was screwing over the whole family because like, we had no more minutes after my first week of just trying to throw my game down you know what a weird thing yeah that's a big jump when you consider like cell phones didn't exist and then everyone had cell phones but they were limited and now it's like, if you don't have unlimited on your phone, you're living in the dark ages. Like I remember mm -hmm. when I came back from my mission and I got a phone, my parents were on like a hundred gigabyte data plan. And like, you think like, oh, that's a fair amount. But for five people, it's not, it's not nearly enough. And we were always talking to my dad, like, let's just upgrade. Let's just upgrade. We will pay the difference. Like it's fine. And now like I use a hundred just streaming while I'm working on my phone, you know, like that's, 
Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, uh, this reminds me too of like the jitterbug phones. I remember they, when they used to push those so hard. Do you remember those yeah. commercials? There was like the phone for the old people. Yeah. And I was like, I, I remember because my I didn't have a phone till I was like my own phone till I was like sixteen. Like I it was I was late wow. to the game, and it really impacts like your social life. Like I, I honestly I had different friends and different things because I didn't have a phone. Yeah. Like and the friends I ended up having like after I had a phone, and and so. I remember being like a 14 year old. I was like, maybe I can get a jitterbug. Like, <laughs> you know, these old people phones. The, phone. the whole pitch was that they were cheap and uh, you could afford the plan. I was like, maybe I could get an allowance or mow some lawns and get a jitterbug. Yeah. I got, I got my first phone, my first actual phone right after sixth grade. So I think wow. I was not quite 12. Ones. And, yeah. and then I had it for six months or a year and then I didn't have a phone for seven or eight months. And then I, I got a razor in seventh grade, the middle of seventh grade. And that was like, that's the phone to have. Maybe it was eighth grade. Yeah. And so I, razors were the shiz, man. Yeah. Did you have the, the flip razor that you slide up? The chocolate, the, the LG pool? chocolate. I absolutely did. Heck so we yeah. had the razor and my dad pushed me in the pool in our backyard and I had my phone in my pocket and it obliterated it. So I got a chocolate after that. <laughs> Dang dude. That's another thing too. It's like, they made phones out of China. Like yeah. they used to just shatter every, like you breathe on them wrong and they would just shatter. Break. Like even iPhones, like they've gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's just, so maybe technology is advanced more than I thought. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, I like to take baths sometimes, not a lot, but occasionally. Uh -huh. And I was, uh, I was just like scrolling in, in the bath, like scrolling on my phone or whatever. And I dropped my phone into the tub and it went fully underwater and the video that I was watching kept playing and I was wearing AirPods. And so it was still in my ears. And I was like, this is a shocking time to be alive because that destroyed my <laughs> razor. That little bit of water, yeah. it was gone. And this phone, YouTube was still going in my ears. Like there's a huge advancement there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Dude, that reminded me for some reason, I used to be terrified. Like I had a big fear that I would be in the bath sometime and a toaster would fall in it. Like, <laughs> just like, because we would always pitch that as like never use appliances and baths and stuff and i'm like who the hell is using a toaster near a bath like <laughs> and obviously it's like people did that maybe to, on purpose but like i just remember legitimately thinking like that was a thing that happened for some reason because they would always like teach you like don't do that or like a hair, i guess like a hairdresser or a hair dryer is a little bit more common but yeah yeah toasters and bathtubs i always was like oh no gotta be concerned about that <laughs> well, I gotta be concerned for you, dude. You got that much technology. You're yeah. surprised your phone didn't give you yeah. a little zap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Roommates Couch Podcast. This has been another fantastic episode. We are so excited for upcoming episodes. We're sorry for the the breaks. That's on me. Life has hit me hard, but we are getting through it. Um, we appreciate all the support and all the messages of love that we get each week. Um, we are going to uh, continually do this. We'd love to have um, some new special guests on. So if you're interested in joining us, you can email us uh, at roommatescouch at gmail.com. Uh, we uh, monitor that inbox and we'd love to have uh, you on as a guest. So if you're interested, join. Um, Tyler going to do a quick shout out. You're supposed to be on. You're not on. We'll get you on. Parker, we're going to get you on. So we'd love to have uh, all of our special guests uh, join us. Um, about 90% of this because it sucks but uh, we'll <laughs> love you guys uh, make sure you follow make sure you subscribe do whatever you can uh, to support the podcast and we'll see you next week